0: Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from hosts and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical, or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuelo Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuelo Marshall, occupational therapist. Welcome to Finding a Foothold a community of caregivers who've had caregiving challenges and have learned many lessons along the way. We know how you do things and having the right equipment and support can make caring for your loved ones easier and safer. Stay tuned! You hear from caregivers that call in and share challenges they face today and you hear tips from experienced caregivers as we work together to bring hope and improve how you give care. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you for tuning in again to Finding a Foothold. I'm Consuela, and where does the time go? I can't believe it's been another week, and we get to come together again. I am just excited about it. Finally, feeling like summer. Memorial Day is Monday, and, and I want to say just thank you to those soldiers, their families who gave their life for this country, and we appreciate all of that. And Memorial Day is just a launch to the summer. I love the summertime, and I want you caregivers to just take this change in season to just get a new perspective of life and embrace the opportunities that the summer is going to bring. Caregiving is, you know, we, we know this and we hear it a lot that caregiving is hard and who are we telling this to? Like we're preaching to the choir. You know it's hard. We all know it's hard. But it does not have to define who you are. It does not have to steal your whole life. So my challenge to you today The summer is here, and there's that's that big time between Memorial Day and Labor Day. That is the time where you can just make a new start, regroup, refocus, reboot your life. People shouldn't look at you and say, "Oh, you're you must be a caregiver because you're looking worn out and and bad." I mean, that shouldn't be. I know that's it's the case with some people because they just don't have the help. But I believe that there is a way to, even in the, in the midst of having to do a whole lot, that you can still take care of yourself. So I wanna encourage all of our caregivers to just take a look at who you have become. Are you the same person that you were before? Just start by looking in the mirror, looking at what you look like now, and just looking in your heart. Do you still have that joy, that, that peace, that um, positive outlook? What are you thinking about all the time? Are you full of negative thoughts? All of these things can overtake you. The caregiving role can really try to steal who you are and make you into something that you don't want to be. And it just the uh, light that you were once to the people around you. And if that has been the case, it doesn't have to continue. So it just takes a little wake-up call. I mean, you focus so much of your time up to now to getting things right, making sure mom or dad or husband, whoever that person is, is comfortable, that you've learned the things that need to be learned, that you have really sacrificed and done the work. But somehow it has really consumed you and now you're no longer that person you used to be. So I want to encourage you to just start the change, that transformation back into who you once were. And sometimes that takes a little outside help, like counseling and just, or that honest friend that can tap you on the shoulder and say, yeah, I've been seeing it. And, you know, and they can really be honest with you and you can uh, receive from them. But I want to start today by just telling you that, and this is just not pointing at you. I'm really talking from some experience myself. When I was caring for my mom, there was a period of time when I was just worn out from it. And it was starting to impact who I was. And and thank God I had a husband who can just say, you need a break. And really, I did need a break and had to ask for a break and allowing uh, others to step in and just be able to say, look, I need help. And it was something that really needed to be done. So in today's episode, I just want to quickly just tell you, Get out the house. Just, I don't have another way. Just get out of the house or get out of the room. Just do something different. Summer summer is here. You know, just reflect, you know, go back through your phone. Go back a year. Go back a couple of years. Just look at pictures of things that you enjoyed doing. And, you know, even with Facebook, memories that pop up. Now, I haven't been on Facebook long enough to have any memories that are popping up, but I will now that I'm getting involved in social media, you all, I'm seeing things that I've done with friends and they'll post saying a year ago, a memory. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember going to the Saints game with her. You know, those things pop up and I'm just excited about it. You need to go down memory lane in your phone, look at pictures and just see the things that used to define who you were and then starting to reclaim your life for the summer. So let me just go over some quick little things I wanted to just share with you. Very informal, but I just feel like in order to start that reboot so that you can start over for the summer is that first of all, you've got to start looking at what is going to be your support system. Who is going to be the people that you can call while you get away? Get away for an hour, get away for two hours, I know there are so many people out there, because I was somewhat like this, or I see it oftentimes when I'm doing home health, that there's that caregiver that thinks they are the only person that knows how to care for that person. They have their way, there it has to be their way or no way. And they're very territorial and just power seeking. And those tend to be the people who have no life. And they're they're just not open to suggestions and even as a therapist going in and I'm wanting to point out, you're doing it and you're doing a good job but can I show your needs your way? But they they just have a wall up, they don't want to change. So if that's you, uh, start bringing some of those walls down. But if you're that one that wants to change and you're saying, oh she's talking about me. I want you to just take into consideration some things that you can do. Just a couple of easy steps. And the first thing is to find that support system. Call sister, call brother, call friend. Just And if you've isolated yourself, start reaching back out and start talking about the fun things you used to do. And maybe you've stopped talking to them or they stopped calling you because all you do is complain about everything that you have to do to take care of someone. So you need to just switch the channel on that and find people that you can engage with and some people that, and people that want to come over and assist you. They're out there. You just got to take the first step. And the second thing I want to encourage you to do when you find someone then please start making like doctor's appointments. Those things are so important that you know what's going on with your body you can probably rattle off everything that's wrong with mom and dad and what you have to do for this bobo here when they ache over here and you're doing all of these things. And, you know, if you put them in this position, they feel better and you're taking care of them. But then things in your body are starting to break down and you don't have a clue what's going on in your body. So first of all, I want you to make doctor's appointments. Get a checkup. Find out what's wrong with you so you can stay healthy and stay around. So you can be available to continue to do the good work that you're doing. Number three. Now, the fun part. Make some plans. Make some plans. What are those hobbies? What are those things? For me, I like gardening. I'm getting better at it every year. It's very rewarding when things survive. When you see a tomato, when you see a bell pepper, then all the things that go with gardening. So, I mean, gardening is something I love to do. And these things that I'm telling you, I started a lot of these things when I was caring for my mom because I needed the break, the escape. And another thing that I enjoy doing is running, I became very consistent in the four to five year period that my mom stayed with me. It was where I got to free my mind. Oftentimes I rehearse everything that was negative, but it was my way of getting it out and coming back and feel like I, I got the load off of me. And and I also use that opportunity to listen to books, listen to Bible readings, listen to sermons, listen to music, you know, to just even take me back to early marriage years, these different songs, and it was my escape. And my mom has has been deceased several years now, and I I still run. But you've got to find that thing that you love to do. And it, it doesn't have to be expensive. You can just find that thing that you love to do. If it's just getting out and taking a walk. So, that's what I want to encourage you to do today. So, caregivers, self care, self care, what it's all about, taking care of yourself. So, thanks for tuning in today. And I want to encourage you to stick around because here are the calls that have come into the call line. And I'll we'll be here again next week. Hello. And our first call of the day comes from Carolyn. Carolyn lives in Georgia. Thank you for calling, Carolyn. And this is Carolyn's question. My mom has had physical therapy in the past, and they recommend that she use a walker. She does not use the walker often in the house. She prefers to walk around and she'll hold on to the wall or she'll hold on to furniture. And she has managed not to fall and she's doing pretty good, I think. But my problem is that when we leave the house, mom does not want to take the walker with us. She does not want to be seen in public with the walker. She is very concerned about appearances and she does not want anyone to know that she has balance problems. Is there anything that I can do or say or I should do to help with this situation? Thank you. Okay. Hello. Hey, Carolyn. Thank you for calling and welcome. It's great to have our first-time caller from Georgia. So thank you so much. And I hear your concerns about your mom. Uh, so I'm glad to know that you've had her balance assessed and she's had therapy. And the Walker seems to be the, the fix. For what she needs with her balance problems so i'm glad to know she's doing well and functioning well in the home but yeah i definitely want you to continue to keep an eye on her in the home without the walker you know it's just it's great if she can walk and not have the walker in the home and it could be that she's now getting some strength and her balance has improved since completing therapy and she's more able to walk without always having the walker. But we often see someone transition off of the walker into another device before they go solo. And then that device is the cane. So if you can find a cute little cane, they're they coming in all colors now and they can be fashionable for Miss Fashionista, who is prim and proper. And look, I, don't, I can definitely understand mom. You know, the walker can sort of cramp your style, sort of interfere with that look you want to have. And I definitely understand that. But I also understand safety. So see if she would be more in tune to using a cane when she's out in public. And I'm, I'm just saying a cane is better than nothing. With me not being able to say she's going to be totally safe with the cane, I can say with some certainty that using a cane is better than using nothing at all. Okay, and now, and the thing about going out in public with the walker in a big store, it does limit how much you can do because your hands are on the walker. So, for instance, if she's going to the Walmart, it is not really practical to use a walker in Walmart, but the luxury of being in Walmart is that you have a shopping cart. The shopping carts are very sturdy and can provide her that thing to hold on to that allows her to go shopping in a store like Walmart without needing a walker. And by the way, you can also opt to use the uh, motorized carts that they have there. They are not my favorite for those people who have difficulty getting on and off of them because they are so low. But they are an excellent option for those people who cannot stand up long, who have pain issues, balance issues, things of that nature. But back to your mom, Uh, I do understand. You know, we are vain as women. Uh, we wear those tall heels. We do we do things in the name of beauty that make us feel good. And having that walker out in public, I do I do understand that. I, mean, I just have to say that again because I know where she's. I can feel it, and I I will probably be the same way. My concern is when you're not in a place where they have. A cart. When you're shopping in a department store, when you are at a restaurant, those areas where there is not always something that you can hold on to. And you can't go holding on to a chair or grabbing onto the back of someone's shoulder while they're sitting, eating, and you're going through the restaurant. That's just not, you know, that's just not cool right there. So you want to look at what ways that you can be that support for her. And the first, the number one thing is that she just has to hold on to you. When you're going through those tight places, you all just find your little routine. Ma, I know you're not going to use the walker. So you got to hold on to me. You figure, you find out what side is best for her. She can hold you on your right arm or your left arm. It just depends on where where she gets the best support from and where the weakness in her body is. Also, you want to find a little place to hold on to her and try not to be so obvious that you're trying to hold her up because she's going to probably slap at your hand and say, I don't need you holding me, (laughs) you know. So you you, you really want to really respect the fact that she wants to hold on to her youthfulness. But at the same time, reality is reality. What is worse? Her holding on to you or you holding on to her in a discreet fashion. Or she falling face first, face planting in the middle of a store. And you just got to put that in her face and say, look, it's either going to be this or this. But she's got to go beyond the fact that she she can't just go to the option of, I don't need any support. Because apparently she does because she is furniture walking in the house. So those are my recommendations to you. And if she's driving and going out by herself, that 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 is a concern. Will she always do the? Will she do the cute thing or will she do the safe thing? Oh, uh, that that that's tricky. But it, if she's with you, and that's the part you can control. Just making sure you all have a plan, or you carrying the cane, or maybe it's one of those foldable canes that you carry or put in a bag. But when she's standing and once looking, you can just say, "Hama, here's the cane. Hold on to this." Or finding a place to sit where she can rest. Those are things, you know, I'm spending a lot of time here because I I understand it's, it's hard to make that transition into knowing that you don't control your body and your body can fail you. And it's something that you definitely want to continue to be mindful of and you definitely want to guard against the falls. But definitely keep an eye on her. Keep monitoring her balance. Returning to therapy is another option. And another another thing I want to add, if the therapist gave her a home exercise program, please do it. Those are the hardest things for patients to value, to think are important, for family members to take serious about the importance of them participating in an exercise program. And I am definitely soon going to devote a an episode to this. And thank you for your call because it's going to bring it up on my list of things to talk about on one of the episodes in in more depth. But yes, whatever exercise program the home therapist gave, those things were prescribed in order to maintain those gains that she made while she was in the therapy program. All of that effort that she gave in the program to get better, to get to a place that she can walk safely with the walker. She's going to lose all of that if she doesn't do the exercise program. And I want to encourage you to maybe just do them with her. Come on, Ma, make a big deal, but a fun deal out of it. And do it during the course of a day where you can say, hey, Ma, while, we, while we're doing this together, and it's a fun activity or your favorite show, when a commercial comes on, like, Ma, I got the sheet out. Come on. Let's do the exercise. Kick, kick, march. You do your marches and you're doing those types of things with her. She immediately may push back, but if she worked as hard as she did in therapy to get where she is, just reminder of those and play into your weaknesses. Oh, Ma, this is this is helping me. This is going to get my legs toned for the summer. And you can do little things to just make it a fun thing, a fun way of encouraging her to participate in her exercises and where it's not always a dread and you're not always beating her down with a hammer. So yeah. So thank you so much, Georgia, for this call. We appreciate it. And if you can pass the word about the podcast, anything we can help you with, please feel free to call back again. And we'll be glad to address any other concerns you have about your mom. Thank you so much. Take care. And thank you for taking care of mom okay I want to stop and just right between calls just encourage you all I I love reading your emails and thank you for the questions and keep them coming but I also want to hear your voices I like voices it just helps me to put a picture a more painted picture of what's going on and you don't have to be perfect as you can see this is it's not going to be perfect and just send your calls. And if you mess up too much, I, I'll i edit things out. I'll make you sound good. Okay. And our next call is from a Leroy. Hi, Leroy. Love that name. Leroy is calling from Louisiana. He is in charge of taking his dad to doctor's appointments. And his question is, it is getting much harder to get dad out of the house to go to doctor's appointments it's harder for him to get up and down the steps and i am having a hard time getting him in and out the car do you have any suggestions on something i can do to make that a little bit easier for us okay leroy thank you thank you for tuning in here in louisiana and i know you're glad like i am we are through with that weeks of rain that we've had and we were so sad for the people here in Louisiana in the Baton Rouge area who have flooded and my heart goes out to you all because I've been there. We were part of the unfortunate ones that were involved in the flood of 2016. And what a process, what a chore. But we made it through and it was hard work, but in so many ways there are so positive things that have come out of there, out of that situation, but Oh my, I would not like to live that through that again. And it breaks my heart to see people living through that here in Louisiana. So Leroy, to your question about your dad. Thank you so much. You know, my heart just, just comes alive when I hear anybody who takes the time out of their day to take care of someone else. No one has to do that. And just because it's your dad, you don't have to do it. And many people choose not to do it, or many people do it grudgingly. It just does my heart good to see people who want to take care of parents. And it is rough. It it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you're just, you're, you are sacrificing time away from your job or away from just things that you could be doing to take care of dad. And that is so important to be there to help him get out of the house to the appointments, to be there so you can get information from the doctor, so you can tell the concerns, so you can, you know, be that connection so you know what's going on in your dad's life. And while you're the one taking them to the doctor, there may be other people involved in this whole care process. They're actually helping with the hands-on care every day. And you're that person that can relay that information back to the other people so you can share what's going on medically from the medical side. And I I appreciate that. And thank you so much. Now to your question, you know, first of all, I want to throw the option of seeing if telehealth is an option on for some of the doctor visits your dad needing to go to the doctor is is very important but there are some appointments that can be done via telehealth and that's when and, and you're probably familiar with that and that's where with the use of technology you can talk to the doctor via your phone or your computer and where you can voice your concerns and you can tell what's going on and then y'all can give feedback and they'll even give you things you can do prior to the conversation to the visit. Maybe you're having a blood pressure monitor, taking his blood pressure. You know, if there are things that are dealing with his sugar, you want to have all of that information ready for the doctor's visit so that you can share those things with them. So, that is an important process. So, you can start by calling doctors to see if those are options. But not all doctor visits can be done via telehealth because you have blood work that needs to be done and they're just some procedures, some testing, some x-rays, some things that have to be done and you have to go in. So getting them out of the house can be a chore. So right off the bat, I mean, the easiest thing to be, if he's negotiating steps and you're a strong person and you can help him and there's no major fall risk, y'all are, y'all are doing it pretty good but you see him slowing down this the quickest thing and the easiest thing is just to look at railing do you have railing on the steps are the steps really good steps or is there are they like but someone just put some two by fours together and they're really not the, the correct spacing those can cause problems make sure you got a good set of steps that's the main thing the steps are good and that you have hand railing and ideally you want hand railing on both sides Then you want to look at building a ramp. Ramps can be built, having a ramp built to replace the steps. It is more pricey, of course, than just adding the hand railing. But if that's what's needed and if his mobility continues to decrease, which I hope it doesn't, it becomes just better and easier for entering or exiting the house, then the ramp is the way to go. So the option of having a ramp would be the next option. And let's talk about the ramp for funding. If your dad was a veteran, there are VA options for you all where the VA will have a ramp built or they will—they have the metal ramping systems that they all come out and they all have that ramp up and on the house. And that's a, a wonderful service provided by the Veterans Services. And there are also churches, organizations, and then also there's that that option of, you know, you, p- you paying privately to have one put on the house. Also, Leroy, with the ramp, a couple of, of websites that I'm going to include on the show notes for today are the ramps.org, military one source, and handyramp.com. And I'll put that on our show notes for today and a list of some other ones that you can consider. But I'm always about going to right to the source. I would call the VA administration and talk to them directly about your need and whoever his doctor is through the VA system can definitely help out with that. Thanks again. Okay, and let's go quickly to another thing I want to look at. You mentioned the the car, getting them in and out of the car is difficult. Yes, just making sure you have the right technique where he can hold on for support. A good option is I always teach the caregiver to roll the window down all the way on that side so that they can, and you put your weight against the door so they can also grab the frame of the door with the window all the way down. Something they can hold on to if there is nothing, a handle or something that they can hold on to. I mean, there are techniques that can be taught and devices. There's so many things that you want to look at when you're looking at car transfers And also there's the option of hiring transportation that has wheelchair lift devices that can assist. And look, while y'all are out, go out for a bite to eat, go to a drive through I mean, have some fun. You know, going to those doctor's appointments, they wear the elderly out. They When they get home, like they're like, Bleh. and it takes them a couple of days to recover sometimes. So look, while you're out, I'm not saying you got to get out the car again after getting out and going into the doctor's office, but hey, say, hey, dad, while we're out, let's go and look at this right quick, pointing at something that I just put a little spark in his eye since he's out of the house for a change and going by and getting that favorite little food that he likes to eat from his favorite little spot before you go back home. Make it a fun thing. Yeah. And, and enjoy your dad. Enjoy your dad. And happy Father's Day. Father's Day is coming up soon and y'all take care and continue to be a help and call back again. Thank you. Okay. We have time. We can get one more call in today. And This call is from Louisiana again. Thank you, Louisiana, for your support of this podcast. It means the world to me, and I hope I can be of help to many other Louisianans. So keep passing the word for me, please. And this call is from Keisha. Keisha is taking care of her sister. Her sister has had a stroke, unfortunately, and is in bed and she's now noticing her her sister with bruises on her heels. She's concerned about it. she doesn't have home health, and she wanted to know what she can do about it and if and if this needs to be addressed with the doctor. Keisha thank you for taking care of your sister. And I am very sorry to hear that she's had a stroke. And I hope she did receive therapy before getting home, inpatient therapy, skilled therapy services, or even home health. So not knowing how long ago the stroke was and what's going on. But yeah, definitely therapy is an option if that hasn't taken place. And OT, PT, speech therapy, any of those things may be needed if they were not provided. And if Funding with Medicaid is an issue. I mean, there are Medicaid providers, but you've got to do your work and you've got to get on the waiting list at some facilities. But definitely want to encourage you if therapy is needed to seek those options. Okay, but specific to your problem, to your question about the pr- the areas on her heels, those are called pressure areas. And those happen when her feet are in the same place too long. The blood supply to those areas are cut off and it's essentially a bed sore but on the heel. And they can happen anywhere on the body. So I want to caution you to look all over her body So if she could, because if she's standing in one place a whole lot, those things can develop. And it takes a while before you can notice it unless they start to complain. You'll hear that, oh, my, my heels are burning. Or you'll notice it round circles on the back of her heel. Those are pressure areas. And that's because her heels are into the bed. So number one, if you can easily take her to the doctor, go get those checked out. Take some pictures if you can't. See if your doctor has uh, telehealth services where you can even show those pictures to them online. Make some noise about that. Uh, Call the doctor, tell the nurse at the doctor's office what's happening because they can be very, very big issues. And they will be able to tell you, give you some guidance into that. But what you can start to do now is to keep her heels off of the bed. And the way you keep her heels off of the bed is, first of all, do not put anything else under her heels. You think, oh, I'll get a good cushiony pillow and put her feet in the pillow and they'll make them feel better. Mm, Not so. Even a pillow can put pressure up into the heels and the pressure on the heel cuts the blood supply to those tissues of the heel and then they break down and that's where you're seeing the bruising and the sores and the blister and it gets worse. What you want to do is keep anything, prevent anything from touching the heels. If nothing's touching her heels, then there is no pressure to the heels. So what I want you to do is take a pillow, take a couple of pillows, and you put them under her calves down to her ankle. Stop at the ankle. Do not allow the pillows to touch under her heels. When you do that, that floats her heels off of the bed. And when you float in her heels off the bed, it keeps things from contacting the heel and therefore there's no pressure on the heels. Doing that prevents the pressure and prevents further development of those pressure sores on her heels. But you need some help in knowing how to treat it. It just depends on how much damage has been done to the tissues in the heels, what needs to be done. But at least at this stage right now, putting something under her ankles and not under her heels is what you want to do. So thanks for the call. I appreciate the call and thank you for taking care of sister, two sisters hanging in there together. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it again and give a call back. Are there any other difficulties you're having while you're taking care of your sister? There's so many facets, so many things that need attention that are just strange as far as how their bodies respond and what needs to be done. So look, any other questions, please call back. I'll be glad to help with that situation. Thank you again. Okay, so listeners, that was our last call for today. So I want to thank you again for calling in or writing in and giving us your question. And my desire is that the information given today will help steer you in the right direction and what I want to also encourage you all to do is to please check out the social media accounts. I am finally figuring out that Instagram and just when I do I mess it up again, but I'm trying. So please like us, follow us, whatever that term is, on Instagram and on Facebook. And I just love this community, and I desire to see it continue to grow. So please like us on social media, and please share, share, share to other caregivers who can also benefit from the information that we are sharing here. Thank you again, and please know, Binding a Foothold cares about how you give care. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Finding a Foothold. Now, if you have a caregiving question, you can call in by visiting the findingafoothold.com website. You can use the call-in button located on the website, or you can send a message by sending an email using the comment page. And if you also have a word of encouragement for a caregiver who's called in, please use the same button because your encouraging word may be just the word they need to hear today. And you can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. We ask that you please subscribe to our podcast and that you also share our podcast with others. And remember, finding a foothold cares about how you give care. Join us again next time.